Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 23rd and penultimate edition of Zero Ducks Daily. It is me, Daniel Norcross, an ever-present, hard-working, hands-to-the-pump kind of guy who toils night and day so that his chums and colleagues may be enriched and be able to put food in their families' bellies. And for once, this is amazing news. I am not joined by Jeff Lemon, no sorry, Bob. I am not joined by Jeremy Coney. I am not joined by Vic Marks or any of the other poor sundry people that have been dragged into keeping the show on the road throughout this arduous Ashes series. I am joined by founding member of non-award-winning podcast, Zero Ducks Given, and it's not Toby Tarrant, the useless, lazy shyster. It's none other than Stephen Finn. Stephen, hello. How are your hairs grown and everything? Hello. Yeah, it's um, an absolute pleasure to be here on this on this daily podcast. I mean, it's been a very eventful day, hasn't it, at the Oval? where I, I can't even tell you how many overs have been bowled, but I didn't watch many of them, so I'm not really quite sure what I'm going to add to this. Well, I mean, there's nothing new there, but it's uh, where, how many overs were bowled? Uh, do, do you want me to have a look? I mean, basically, it was enough to ensure the ECB didn't have to pay for a refund, and that is, after all, the single most important thing when it comes to test matches. Uh, England added six to their overnight total of 389. Stuart Broad, Stuart Broad hit a six. Well, not only did he hit a six, Vinny, he hit his last ball in test match and first-class cricket for six, which caused all sorts of conniptions in the test match special box. Because, unfortunately, even though there is a ball-by-ball record, it's meant that Andy Zaltzman has had to wade through the individual scorecards of around about 47 different people who hit a six in their final test match and establish whether or not they hit it off the final ball. There were 38 overs bowled in Australia's innings. There were a couple of overs bowled in England's innings. Uh, Jimmy Anderson was very unfortunate to be given out to a bail trimmer from Todd Murphy. He went for eight, leaving Stuart Broad stranded 92 runs short of his second Test match century. He finishes his Test career with an unbeaten eight not out, and he arrived to a fanfare this morning. The Oval, Guard of Honour, the crowd rose 
There was a really quite moving couple of minutes, actually, as he walked out to the crease and uh, we realised that we were saying goodbye to a genuine legend. What happened thereafter is virtually not worthy of note. The ball didn't move off the straight. The pitch has gone really flat. It's quite difficult to get anybody out. David Warner and Usman Khawaja compiled the longest partnership of this Ashes. 38 overs. That is that is all the longest partnership of the Ashes is, quite startlingly, to finish 135 unbeaten, uh, needing just a further 249 runs to pull off a scandalous win that will have us all saying that Basball screwed it up on the fourth night, and uh, third night, I should say, and basically not really understanding the whole point of it. But let's talk a little bit about Stuart Broad because we haven't had a chance to chat uh, it was, I don't know if you caught that moment, but it was like really lovely. And the Oval's great for that, isn't it? And we're, we're talking today on Test Match Special about getting to choose your moments to depart. Stuart Broad chose his moment quite brilliantly. Late last night, he fucked over a whole bunch of journalists who thought they were going home early. All the ones that had then to write Stuart Broad retrospectives, which is such a brilliant piece of shithousery on his part. And he got a standing ovation. He got a few of them today and it was lovely to see. Yeah, no, he's, he's managed to go out gracefully, hasn't he? There's not many people actually do get to go out from the game gracefully. And he's managed to do it all in his terms. I mean, it's exactly what he deserves, I think, for the service that he's given to the country and what he's done. Um, I did see that today, actually, where Jimmy Anderson refused to go through the guard of honour with him, didn't he? He stood there and clapped as well, which was quite a lovely, a lovely moment for the pair of them to walk out on that final morning and... Yeah, it's been tailor-made, really, hasn't it? The only thing that hasn't gone to plan is the fact that Australia look like they're going to chase this bloody target down. <laughs> well, I know. Hopefully the rain will come and save England, but it'll still give Australia a series win, I suppose, if that did happen. What do we read into the fact that Jimmy didn't go through the guard of honour? Can we, can we read nothing into it, or can we read that Jimmy genuinely isn't intending on retiring? Because you know Jimmy better than we do, but there's always been the suggestion that when he goes... He'll go without telling anybody in like November so that he won't have to go through all of the nonsense that happens when you retire. I mean, obviously, Stuart likes the limelight a bit more and is much more comfortable in it. But do we read yes. into that that Jimmy's keeping on going? Well, yeah, that's what I would. Well, that's all the noise that's been coming out, isn't it? When when he's been speaking to the press and stuff. And you're right. I think Jimmy wouldn't want the fanfare of it all. I think he deserves it and he should get it. But he'd be far less comfortable in that situation. But I think Jimmy not going through that guard of honour was just a mark of respect for his mate. That was Stuart Broad's moment. And Jimmy's a very self-deprecating guy, even though he's done what he's done in the game and got that amount of wickets. He wouldn't have wanted to take away from Stuart Broad's moment and would have wanted to give him the respect that that moment deserved, I think. Yeah, well, here, here. Uh, the rest of the day was just a bit disappointing, really. Those Wood uh, didn't bowl till really late, which was strange, no, wasn't it? Couldn't make sense that. But I think, he look, they haven't said anything and they never do. But he arrived late after lunch. He didn't really chase very hard in the field. I don't think he's got an injury, but he might he might have a touch of the old collie wobbles, might be a bit dyspeptic, something like that. Because mm. he was, like I say, he was late coming out after lunch and he was a little bit ginger in the way. Well, it was a bit bilious is what he looked like. And we know he and, doesn't um, drink. So, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy bowled a, a very, very good beamer, didn't he? <laughs> that was great. In swinging beamer to David Warner. Um, Only ball that swung all day. It was right on the money. And Warner actually managed to play it very, very well, didn't he? Guided it down to deep third for four runs. But yeah, it's a, I think Australia probably sat in the dressing room ruining the fact that they didn't play like this in the first innings with some degree of intent to try and score. And the reason that they are so far behind in the game still, even though they've had this magnificent partnership, is more 
because of the way that they batted on that on that second morning when they literally didn't go anywhere. Isn't it perplexing? Because actually, on the first day, they did have the best of the conditions and they haven't had throughout this series, but they definitely did. Um, the first day at the Oval, bit of grass on there. There was a bit of, it felt like a bowling sort of day. England went hard and in going hard, they lost the wickets. But that meant that they should have just, surely the Australian side that's trying to beat Basball through batting time that doesn't mean scoring no runs. They had a great opportunity to score 400, 450 on that deck. There's not much happening. England were down one bowler. So they've then got to bowl their seamers in pairs. So they're not getting time off. It was perplexing. I mean, is it because they were spooked from what's happened in the last couple of test matches? I, I, I can't put my finger on it, to be honest. I just think they they got into a mindset of being, oh, we'll just get through this next little period and then that period just ended up extending for the entire session. But uh, yeah, I don't think they'd have intended to not score. I just think that they, in hindsight, when they're looking back on it now, I think they'll be saying we should have shown some degree of intent to score because then it's a lot harder for a bowler to to just hit his area the whole time. Whereas if someone's just bunkering down and trying to see you off, then it makes your life as a bowler so much easier and you hone in that much easier. So we see how off-putting the England style of play is. I mean, Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood would have never gone at the run rates that they have done this series or probably not bowled as many bad balls as they have done this series because of the intent that England have shown. England have gone at 4.74 runs and over across the series, which is staggering. It's nearly a run and over better than the next best in an Ashes series, which is absurd. In an actual 90 over day, none of which we ever we got, that is 90 runs, pretty much. It's in an 84 over day, which is what they mostly have been. That's a significant amount of runs and it changes the whole complexion of how the match is run. But what it does do is put an awful lot of miles into polar stakes, doesn't it? If you looked at the number of overs, at the end of the first innings that Australia's seamers had bowled and they had an off-spinner up their sleeve as well if they wanted him. And then you look at what Wokes, Wood, Broad, Anderson had to bowl. That Your heart must have been sinking, mustn't it, when he's, he thought, oh God, have they got to go out and bowl again? Well, you do just want a day when you're a bowler. You just want two sleeps and then you're back to normal. If it's one two sleep, sleeps. Two yeah, sleeps. Two, two sleeps generally. So the night that... You've bowled the team out the entirety of the next day, one more sleep, and then your body's pretty much back to normal and you feel re-energized. Whereas on if you're only getting 50 overs off the field, it makes your life as a bowler much, much harder. And with the fact that Moen Ali wasn't able to bowl any spinning overs, so all of the bowlers bowled into the mid-20s, didn't they, in that first mm. innings? How on earth did Moeen manage to bowl today? And, and I don't know how much you saw of it. I actually and didn't he, see it. I, by all accounts, right. he he didn't look that fit, did he, I don't think? Well, no, he didn't look at all fit, but in fairness to him, he was sort of jogging around the boundary to, to stop balls. He managed to stop a four, but he couldn't stop it being three, if you know what I mean. It <laughs> was exactly that. But when he bowled, it was very much sort of testing it. And I guess as an off-spinner, your delivery stride is quite important. Your groin is rather a significant part of your well, delivery you have to stride. twist and rotate, don't you? You look at all the best off-spinners. They have a, a big pivot over their front foot or around their front foot in order to get the spin and the revs on the ball. So if you can't do that with any vigour, then you're in a bit of trouble as a spinner, I think. Yeah, and he didn't bowl badly. His first over was very exploratory, very testing out his body. But he did get a couple to really turn, in, and Root got one that absolutely. Well, it's spinning a long square. way, isn't it? Now the it is um, as the game's gone on. I mean, I didn't manage to get down onto the pitch when I was working for TMS to 
look at it but by all accounts it was grassy to begin with but very dry underneath and and now that that green grass has worn off the pitch and it's turning brown it looks as though the spin is getting more and more and it's just a real shame that Moen's not going to be fit enough to bowl a decent chunk of overs by the looks of him doesn't look like it but then he's bowled some today okay he'll get another sleep and another I don't, sleep. Can, you, can you can you do anything to a groin that just inject lets it. you put, you could probably you, you could yeah. probably inject it i'd say but then it just depends how how much more damage you could do i know it's the ashes and you want to you don't want to leave anything out there but there's there is a lot of cricket coming up for mo and ali and he he wouldn't want to um rip it off the bone or anything i don't think so you just have to make that judgment whilst you're um whilst you're there with your physio and with the doctors and that and i mean i've been injected with local anesthetic before in my toe before going out to bowl and you can have cortisone injections and stuff into body areas um, to try and take away the swelling. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the plan would be for a groin. I also, I mean, the World Cup starts on the 6th of October, which mm. feels like a long way away. Well, vital. An Indian, an, an Indian World Cup, it's going to be Moeen and Rashid. They're going to need them both, aren't they? Yep. So that is two months away. In your experience, let's say he does something daft tomorrow. And, and bowls through the pain, picks up a couple of wickets, but causes himself a se- severe groin tear. Can you still get back in time for October? Because there's no other cricket between then. I mean, there's a one day. Yeah, you're probably looking at eight weeks, I'd say, maybe eight to ten weeks if you do a proper one. Okay, that um, case is worth but it's it. But conv- it's a confidence thing as well. It's always the challenge when you come back from being injured is regaining the confidence to bowl with the same ferocity as you did before whether that's joints or muscles it takes time to get that confidence back up so um you'd have to factor that in as well in um into it but no i i hope you'd imagine that they'll be sensible with moeen tomorrow joe root's actually bowled pretty well when he's bowled so they'll be able to make a measured decision tomorrow i'd imagine yeah and on that note because it's a daily you'll be delighted to know your your work is pretty much done that's it thanks for coming Quick word to say that uh, Kawaja and Warner batted really, really well. Um, and they actually took the attack to England, which they, as we said, they should have done in the first innings, but they didn't have the guts because they're lily livered milk toasts from Australia. Well, it looks as though Warner's going to get his Sydney send off now, doesn't it? He's probably done enough to stay in the team. I would say so. And fair play because um, I would rather he got a send off in Australia than a send off in England because he does, for all that we mock in a pantomime way, Australians and and they indeed mock us. It, it it wouldn't be right if his last Test match was in England. He needs to go out with the adulation of a bunch of you know yobs in Sydney. Really, that's what he deserves. And and I and I wish him the very best of luck with getting there. And I think he will, which is great news for him and uh, and great news for cricket. And I'm so exhausted, I can't tell you. There's one more daily, and then I've got. A massive holiday. I mean, uh, you too, I imagine, Vinny. I think you, you probably got about a day off. I got a day off, and then it's straight into the hundred. And the yeah, Royal London One Day Cup for me. I'm so playing, when's your yeah, first game? I'm playing against Buckinghamshire on Tuesday at Hove. Um, and and then we've got our first proper game on Friday against Durham. So yeah, we'll see how we go. That is the end of the 23rd and penultimate Zero Ducks Daily. I promise you, I'll find more vim and vigor for what happens tomorrow, be it 10 wickets, be it 249 runs, or be it more of this sodding bloody rain. Oh, the rain. Tell her. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? 
Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.